0: Hello, I'm Moira Fay and welcome back to the Dublin Business Collective sponsored by SSE Airtricity. The podcast where we get together and jump into the minds of some of Ireland's most famous and inspirational business owners, founders and entrepreneurs. Today's guest is Jennifer Rock. Jennifer is an award-winning skin tutor, dermofacialist, and best-selling author and CEO and founder of SkinGredients. You may also know her as The Skin Nerd. If you own a TV, radio or have access to the internet or read the newspaper, chances are you've seen or heard Jen, who is one of Ireland's most trusted and authentic voices when it comes to taking care of our biggest organ, our skin. But today, Jen is here as a business owner to chat to me about Ingredients, her multi award-winning skincare range. Ingredients was launched as an innovative range that can be used by all genders, all ages, and all skin types and we're going to find out all about it now. So, Jen, thank you so much for being here with me today. Thank you. That's an amazing intro, and what a phenomenal... I didn't realise Dublin
1: Chamber was so established. My goodness, hundreds of years, that's phenomenal.
0: Yeah, we've been around for it all.
1: Uh, (laughs) Honestly, that in itself is inspiring, though. Honestly, it is.
0: And it only took us 240
1: years to start a podcast. (laughs) Well, you know, (laughs) times are changing. But I do think, like, I often come across people at different seminars, and when they say... Like I know some of the guests you have on this podcast, I'm so excited to listen to and really intrigued to hear what they might say. And they're 15, 10, 20, 25 years in business. And that's inspiring to someone like myself who's only five years in business because you always want to hear the stories that went
0: before. Absolutely. No, it's I. you know, we were having a quick chat before this. And, you know, I think more than ever, it is the stories, it is the voices, it's the personality, it's, you know, what makes the engine go, what makes it move forward and what drives it forward. And speaking of, I just want to learn all about SkinGredients. We see it (laughs) everywhere. It's a really present brand, really, really striking branding, amazing story, which we will get into. But I just wonder if you could maybe just start off by just sharing a little bit about how SkinGredients came to be. Yeah, of course. So,
1: Skin Ingredients, the name sort of suggested. It's essentially a merge of the word skin and ingredients together. So, for me, I'm a facialist for nearly 20 years now. I suppose I've had a lot of practical training, and I've seen tens of thousands of clients over the years. But, ultimately, it's all about education and trying to get the correct ingredients onto people's skin. I'm a big believer that skincare is, of course, it's an organ. So, there's a natural physiology element to it. Skincare is hugely scientific, but it's also hugely emotive. And that's, I suppose, the angle that I try to come from. So, blurring the two together it's a huge sector I mean in Ireland alone it's £170 in 2021 so it's a massive sector there's so I suppose for me it was a passion project if I really go back to how it started I suffered on my own skin as a teen I still suffer on my own skin in my 30s which seems really unfair (laughs) when you have a mortgage and (laughs) an adult child (laughs) and spots but I suppose taking the joke aside like I really fell in love with skincare as a teen and just was convinced this was going to be my sector but I'm talking in the the 90s it really wasn't what it is now it wasn't that global sector it wasn't every second person had their own brand so it's been an interesting story to get to now so ingredients essentially came about from watching and working with many different skincare brands I worked in I was lucky enough to work in Miami, South Africa, Australia and so worked as a trainer for many skincare brands and started to realise that there was a theme and a passion as to what I really believed was needed but then I created what's called the Cleanse Off mist for anyone that doesn't know the name sort of suggests that it's a mist that takes off your day and it's really important from a skincare perspective to cleanse your skin every morning and every evening and if you're not you need to come for a consultation on the skin <laughs> nerd but the cleanse off mate i created it oh goodness i want to say nearly 10 years ago and it was an epic fail like a disastrous fail i suppose for me my story is i'm a quintessential founder insofar as that there was and I don't say this and I'm not celebrating it I've now learned to rectify the error of my ways but there was no contracts there was no there, I didn't perhaps have the right people around me at the time I didn't know where to go for legal counsel I didn't know about spreadsheets it, it just wasn't a strategic business plan it was born from working with skincare seeing that people weren't washing their faces properly and wanted to create a myth to assist in washing your face it genuinely is as simple as that so it was a passion-born project which with it brought its own woes so because I had no contract and and I didn't really know exactly what I was doing and I was just blinded and ignorantly blinded and this is where I sometimes don't agree where people say, if you got a business idea, just do it because I did have the business idea and I just did it, but it didn't work out. So I had 20,000 mits land into Ireland, having sold 10,000 to be fair quite quickly and I didn't have a contract and the distributor at the time quite wisely, as a business move, decided that they didn't need my MIT. they could set up their own MIT and and carbon copy it. So I suppose I was a little bit um, hurt at that stage because we had put, my partner myself at the time had put in all our deposit for our house we're saving for our first family home so we oh. put all of that into the mitt didn't work but it was a bit like at the time we don't see this and now I suppose it, m- the mindset that I'd have would be that I have now learned that I will read every contract I like to come prepared for everything I like to know what's been asked of me and so on because I learned the hard way so there was 20,000 mitts in everybody's attic all around the country <laughs> anyone was related to me or I'd met once in any time so it was tough and I went back saved for the house again got my house for myself and my son and then at that stage I suppose my career had blossomed along a couple of years later I was working back and forth with, in London and I started becoming known amongst my friends as the skin nerd so the moniker became the skin nerd simply because we'd be out and you know this yourself where people you know especially women and I'm, I'm definitely painting a picture for, for many men that haven't been into a female <laughs> toilet but you know you'll, you'll chat in the line and you know your company to the shoes or dress or whatever and it's always just, it's just a lovely environment but I'd always say God your skin is incredible and my friends would be mortified They're like why is she talking? talking about people's skin anyway long story short the moniker the skin nerd came about I then had myths at home my parents were like look you moved out 10 years ago the myths are taken <laughs> over your old bedroom would you please try and you know talk about them and we sold of the original 20 we sold 10,000 within 10 working days through the power of social media because the moniker the skin nerd had been built up it was a it was a Facebook platform at the time and then I started realizing okay maybe I could marry you know the cleanse off myth that I created with the skin nerd and it all kind of evolved from there so to add answer your original question and why I've given that lengthy answer in context is that all of my businesses are born from one another so Cleanse Off Myth started as a, a skew as a product as a need to ensure that people didn't use wipes for their skin obviously now sustainability is a large reason of everything we do but at the time it was I didn't want people to use these products on their skin the skin nerd came about from just wanting to give unbiased educated scientific based but realistic information for a client to say use this don't use this use this brand with that brand and and really teach and guide people almost like a personal trainer piece so that's my first business is the skin nerd that has 50,000 clients they come back to us regularly we have consultations with them they can purchase a wealth of hair skin makeup tan nail there's just so much on it so that's like a one-stop shop for skin and beauty and then skin ingredients came from listening to those skin nerd clients so the first 10,000 clients that we had through the door in the first year a year and a half I really noticed there was a commonality. People and anyone that's listening now, whether you do or don't love skincare, it's it's somewhat irrelevant. We all know that we wash ourselves in the shower. So from a basic hygienic perspective, we all use some form of skincare. What's really happened, be it and there's positives and negatives to social media, is that we're all looking at ourselves so much and COVID definitely taught us that. I know that I looked at my I've looked at myself more in the last three years than I ever have in my whole life through Teams messages or Teams meetings, should I say, in Zoom. So skin ingredients came from listening to the skin nerd clients and how they really just wanted to know how to cleanse, what serum should I use and SPF and really keep it succinct. So as you said in your intro, it's a capsule skincare range. I don't believe that you need a lot of products. I don't believe you need to spend a lot of money on skincare. I really believe they can get a lot of results driven products and do it quite simply every morning every evening and treat the skin as an organ and you deserve to feel good in your skin so that's back to our brand is scientific based emotional based entwined and it's born from listening to thousands of particularly Irish clients over the last years and that's where all of our concepts come from so it's been a natural evolution that's gotten to today and yeah extremely proud of what it's built and the community like you said of the Dublin Chamber we have the most loyal loyal like honestly the loyalty of our clients just blow my mind and I'm so appreciative but I suppose loyalty comes with creating good and so we've created phenomenal products amazing services if I do say so myself we're always learning and always in room for improvement not saying we're perfect but yes that the database of people that we've had the tens of thousands of people that commit and, and really support our brand is I just don't take it for granted.
0: That's amazing to hear and I really really do support and just like on a personal note on Skin Ingredients you know even during COVID and before and after, you know, we, we see campaigns of heart health and different types of wellness. And, and I'm constantly even saying it's the biggest organ, the biggest yeah, organ, the biggest so organ, true. and it deserves as much focus and care. And and I think it's a brilliant approach, that kind of capsule, straightforward approach. One theme that has come up throughout different conversations in this series is that it seems almost impossible to succeed without some sort of failure along the way. And (laughs) it's great that you got yours out of the way. (laughs) Have I? I hope so. Look, you never like I
1: suppose some businesses are in a fortunate position where they perhaps have worked for conglomerates, have built themselves up to C-suite and perhaps have had, you know, that element around them. I started in the quintessential way. I started in my bedroom. Googling how to make images, I create the first visual myself. Like so, you really do. You learn as you go. My son, ironically, is now studying a degree in entrepreneurship at Monash uh, University, and uh, he came back on his first day from from lectures. Like you know, the college lectures were asking why did you choose entrepreneurship as a degree, not business, economics, etc. And uh, I said, what did he say? He's like, well, I didn't answer, which would be quintessential Matthew. Sometimes <laughs> to say quintessential in a sentence, but that would be absolutely Matthew. And uh, he said that the surrounding people were saying that they wanted to, you know, earn as much as they could, have very, work very little holidays. And I was like, what do you believe in that? And he's like, I, I just, I've watched you work so hard for so many years, I don't think. I think there's a misconception in 1920, 20, you know, that age group where they really feel that entrepreneurship is this sexy trajectory of just progression and millions of followers and you know, you live in the beautiful home immediately. And I think I'm, you don't like the hardship at the time, But it's such a cliche to say, but you definitely learn from it. Like, as I said, not having that contract has hurt me so much at the time, personally and professionally, that I now, and you can testify, even coming here today, I was like, and what will be asked of me? (laughs) Like, I love to be prepared because you just learn. You genuinely learn.
0: So, yeah, you evolve, you grow. You evolve, Yeah, true. So what's interesting to me as well, as you said, you had the skin nerd was already well established and... And then you had the most amazing access to, I suppose, very top tier consumer research when you're developing your brand because you have this loyal customer base. So we've touched very briefly kind of online. Has your presence online shaped your brand's direction in any way or did you kind of keep it separate or did it guide you in the way that I suppose your, your marketing strategy or anything like that? Because I see your brand in stores all around, but also you have a really, really strong e-commerce model as well. So, to be honest, I wouldn't have a business without online.
1: Simply because at the very beginning, back to that shoestring element, starting from my own bedroom, it was started with Snapchat, which was the chosen mode at the time. Now it's Instagram, TikTok, like there's so many other, obviously the social media as we know has evolved. So I wouldn't have started, I wouldn't have had the springboard, I wouldn't have had access to so many different people that then became our clients had I not had social media. I think the interesting piece for me is that Ireland is i suppose almost like a testing ground for us where we get to really like at the moment we would still say we're in testing phase to be able to export we do export at the moment and we ship as you said thankfully through our e-commerce site to I mean, tens of countries and we do retail into cult beauty which is part of the hook group online in the uk so but i suppose going back to The digital element, I was fortunate enough that we didn't really have to invest heavily in SEO, digital ads. I didn't need, you know, digital managers. I didn't have to do affiliate links. We never really worked with collabs or influencers. So I haven't had... I it's only in the last year or so we're starting to really do what would be called traditional modern marketing yeah. so to answer your question yes absolutely online has been pivotal I would not have a business without it what's been interesting for us is that we were very everything was organic for us and now it's only starting to come into I feel like we're only now putting on our big girl pants and saying right how do we speak to more people and for me and this is where I'm teased by my team a lot because I'm perhaps the least commercial out of them all but I'm like right how do I get to speak to more people because our retention rate on skin ingredients circles are 60% and how do we know that because with our packaging for those that don't know it's quite colorful it's numbered you have like an outer packaging if you will when you use that entire product to take out a refill that's inside and then you just refill or replenish your refill but we now then know so we have an idea that when Moira goes to whether it's or Brent Thomas or Arnett, or you know, done stores wherever you're buying our products. And Mars Pharmacy, for example, there's lots of phenomenal stockists that we have. We can tell who's bought the refill because, in order to buy the refill, you have to have the original primary pack. Mm-hmm. So, our retention rate is really strong. But I know that once I have people working and using our products, they love it. They feel like the empowerment that they get from it is phenomenal. And that's what we're proud of. But I need to talk to more people. I need to cast the net wider. So, it's in the last few months that we started doing a lot of digital ads. And just to finish that point off, to know that we're lucky in one way that that's been our reality. Last year we were part of um, an Amazon launchpad in the UK so I was over and back between London for three months last year surrounded by phenomenal entrepreneurs and they were, when they saw our figures and they we were, because it was a very open, candid space, when they saw that what we had done and how much of a database we had in such a short space of time without all of these strategic thinkings and, you know, money invested behind it, they were just flabbergasted. So I suppose for us we feel that we've had that organic element to the business now we're stepping into the more, I suppose, um, strategic and we're investing in to ensure that we widen
0: our nest to get more people to understand what SkinGredients is. Amazing on that positive note can you tell me was there a particular moment after you launched SkinGredients that you know you were like we're onto something here this is was there a particular day or moment that you realised this is going somewhere this is going to be big? I think
1: this, there's almost three stages to that so before I launched the product I had a cohort of people that unbeknownst to them were using skin ingredients so they had white lab bottles and they used the products That we photographed, documented it and their photographs were just phenomenal we did a um, TV campaign for Sky Television and had them talk about the emotional difference between their skin now and the skin in the past and you're watching a lady say you know, my daughter in the kindest way used to say oh mama your skin's so red and you're so sad and then used our products and now Mom was so happy, and you're like, How can you not? Like, it's, that's where for me, skincare is hugely, as I said at the start, emotional. There's a new area of skincare that's psychodermatology, which essentially is scientifically proven to say that obviously dermatology is the science of skin, but psychologists and dermatologists are now merging and having one qualification where they truly understand that it does affect our psyche and our everyday. That was definitely a huge moment that gave me confidence prior to launch. Upon launch, I remember, I did thankfully an awful lot of press. I, I can't describe to you how grateful I am for the amount of Irish support that I get through all of the media and that never paid or just, just genuinely support for the brand and I remember being I think it was Exposy at the time which is obviously now since gone and they asked like you know are you so proud he's so excited and uh, rightly or wrongly I said no not not yet because it's amazing to have this launch and to have this noise and that's phenomenal and I'm so proud of the support that we have but it's not until I see a client let's call her Mary or John and they're replenishing and replenishing so I didn't really know till three six nine months in when people were due to repurchase the product if they'd come back that was success so when we started seeing those numbers to the point that we sold out in six weeks what we thought would take six months we replenished again we thought we thought would last a year we sold out in a couple of like i don't we couldn't keep the product on shelves now we've managed thanks to the team i was around me we have the correct logistics and we've plenty of stock but those were huge moments and then another moment i suppose was i was lucky enough to have won um a phenomenal prize and part of that prize as a business entrepreneur was to have a couple of mentor uh, sessions with joe malone so wow. that that was definitely a significant moment and i have a couple of other mentors that i sign non disclosure agreements but they are people that i meet with on zoom that have sold in the skincare sector 100 million plus and so when they give you their time of choice and free will and you don't pay for it they just believe in giving back when they give you that time every month and they kind of I always describe now this is the most childish analogy I can give you but I generally say this at home regularly feel like I'm a penguin at times because what does a penguin do I don't mean mate for life that's maybe one <laughs> thing I should say actually recently engaged but with a penguin they just fl- they fall down and they get straight back up and I think that's yeah. what owning a business is you don't have time to go I'm so sorry to get back up and just keep going because yeah. there's always little fires you to put out but when these people give you time and help you get back up and say, I did that ten times over or I yeah. did that on a larger scale. Those are probably three different moments that I go, okay, we're on to something. But really if I was to summarize it, it's down to the tens of thousands of people that use the product that keep coming back. And the support that I have from our stock is undeniable. They put us on top shelf, they support, they get us out there. That combination of those are probably where you go, right, there's something really special in what we're doing here.
0: Amazing. And there is a, a wonderful village mentality in the Irish business community as well, which is it's will never lose its novelty to me. I think it's incredible yeah. and the support is is amazing. One thing I noticed a few years ago, which I thought was so brave and so exciting was when you repackaged your product, you went sustainable.
1: Yes, and as sustainable as you can, as, as
0: sustainable yeah. as you can, but you know, at a time where people weren't really discussing their carbon footprinting or reducing carbon, you took a really bold and brave move to repackage that, as you mentioned earlier, to go to refillables. I mean, you have a successful brand, you have a customer base. What makes you sit down and go, right, let's do this, let's make a change? Because that's enormous. And I'd love to hear more about that. Well, firstly, thank you for noticing it. I suppose anyone
1: that knows me genuinely will say that um, to my detriment, I probably run a very moral driven business which isn't always as bottom line driven and cutthroat as potentially some might want or even on my board of directors I definitely get challenged at times all for the right reasons because that's their responsibility but I suppose for me, look, there. Are, let's be really frank here. There are so many skincare products out there. Like in the Irish market, there's a couple hundred brands in the UK market where, where we're hoping to um really escalate in the next few years. There's thousands of brands with only more and more to come. Sure, look, every celebrity and its mother tends to have a, a skincare <laughs> brand now. So it's definitely an attractive market. So if you're going to create product, and we are creating, I mean, thankfully, as I suggested, the amount of product we were going through from day zero to, to six months in, to 12 to 18 there's a lot of plastic and so when I'm standing in my warehouse and I'm looking at, like we can't even contain the amount of product that we have. Some of it's still left in our French manufacturer's warehouse and it's an awful lot of plastic. And you start to, I did anyway, I started to feel a huge sense of responsibility that this is just all going to go to landfill and completely owning it. I, at the very beginning, went to manufacturers with the idea that I wanted the product to be recyclable from recycled and be recyclable and this was when was this my goodness this would be about eight years ago and it just wasn't a possibility in the skincare sector none of the large conglomerates were doing it and essentially if they're not doing it the smaller indies don't have the opportunity unless you're going to really have your own manufacturing plant and start from scratch which financially just wasn't viable as you may imagine it's that'd be an extensive um, (laughs) and a significant investment but to go back to it that was why that was why i wanted to do it. it wasn't feasible upon launch so we launched in the june and that september we were doing well, thankfully. And then that September, I had flown over to a sustainability conference in, where was I? It was somewhere in the depths of South, uh, I think it was Caroline. Anyway, somewhere that wouldn't be the norm for skincare. And I really found a phenomenal manufacturer that managed to get behind me. So that's why I did it. It definitely isn't a commercially driven concept. It's actually hard to do. It's probably the bigger investment I've ever, it's by that was actually more of an investment than starting again. And I think myself included, and I'll absolutely include myself in this, as a consumer, I think we like the idea of sustainability, Mm. but we don't often necessarily want to invest that little bit more. We like it because we want to right by the planet, like we like to eat well and mind ourselves, but it's really only if it's accessible. We all have busy lives. So what I really wanted to do was to ensure that while we're creating product, that the product that you had at home, you didn't have to send it back to us. You didn't have to do anything really except wash it out in your own kitchen sink, let it dry, and then put it into your own green bin. And then you're essentially recycling as we should do at home on the daily. So yeah, it was, it was a huge decision. I don't think I understood the vastness of what I was taking on, but I am extremely proud that we did it. Like it was absolutely the right thing to do for the future and now, I see skincare brands come out time and time again with it, and it's becoming celebrated. But there's, there's, um, you, how do I describe this? So we don't have samples, for example, in our skincare. And I totally understand that more if I meet you today say, oh, I'm really intrigued about your brand now. And I've heard so much about the red one and I've seen the green ones win awards and Marie Claire editors seem to talk about the blue one or whatever the case is. And I'll say, but I can't give you a sample. And the reason for that is Componentry hasn't caught up that you can't get samples in a sustainable manner. Okay. So I curb my opportunity to get my product into people's hands because I stand so loyal and behind the sustainability option. So look that's what I mean by the morals if I was perhaps um working in a different business where it wasn't run by heart and passion and wanting the right conclusion for a consumer then um perhaps we, we would be growing at a hell of a lot faster but I believe in the long term game and I believe in doing things right and I think our, our audience and our clients absolutely see that
0: Oh for sure absolutely and that was you know a big thing that excited me to see an Irish business owner put that at the forefront of their operational strategy and I hope many more follow. So, can I ask you what is next risk ingredient save four or five years down the line where would you like to see it I, I heard you mention earlier you want to expand a bit more in the UK are you thinking further or in terms of range or like what's the goal what's the plan
1: yes yeah, so all of the above I suppose so I suppose the last year and a half has been a really interesting year for this business in so far as that it's been a time where I wouldn't say we've paused because we're still growing year and year thankfully but it's a bit about consolidating so as I said starting in your bedroom and then things escalated and you gather tens of thousands of clients and you've got a team of zero one day and you know 20 odd and literally a couple of months later there's been a lot of growing in a very short space of time so I was on a mission I wouldn't say post-covid because how do you decide when post-covid was but in the last 18 months I was determined that we would almost stop and recalibrate and have the right team and put all the sexy words that you know right (laughs) systems procedures protocols simple things that we just weren't in a rhythm of the basics of a business if I'm being completely honest because it was just go 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 and Obviously, the pandemic wasn't an ideal time for anybody in Jesus Christ. So many people went through so much hardship. Our sector did, but because we were online, we managed to gain a new cohort of people. So again, we had a lot of growth in the pandemic. So, thankfully, we've had a lot of growth in a very short space of time. So the last year and a half has been saying, right, how do I just, how do I breathe for one moment, and how do we then look to the future? So at the moment, we're just in the middle of uh, board approval at the end of this the end of August, sorry, will be about a better three to five year plan. So there's been a lot of research done into that. So unlike how I started, which was, I think people shouldn't use wipes. I'm going to create that now and I'm going to, I'm going to Google this and I'm going to get it out. It's been, okay, what, what is our market? Where do we want to go? Um, and some phenomenal opportunities, like Enterprise Ireland has been great to us as well, where they've helped us with different um, initiatives where we've got to learn where's the right sector, what's our demographic, how do I go after it? What's my USP? What's my client demographic? How do I change it? How do I broaden my horizon? and broaden so there's been a lot of work so to answer your question the last year and a half has been hugely needed I think you have to what do they often say to go a little bit slower to, be able to go faster and I think that's where okay. we're at so well, yes, there's a lot of new products developed. But for me to bring out new products because we own the intellectual property of them all, the formulas are own, which isn't the norm. And for example, so if you walk into a um, most most brands you'll pick up and you'll see a product and it won't have clinical testing in it. So for me everything is done, as you can imagine, quite right. So everything is clinical testing. So we have a lot of products created that laymen real clients people that are part of our nerd network world part of our skin ingredients skin squad have been using for three years so they've been documenting their photographs over the last years of video testimonials so there are products to come which we're extremely proud of all of their them as I said are our own and then in terms of new market the UK is growing steadily for us it's not our focus Ireland is absolutely our focus I mean as I said earlier it's 170 million so we know a percentage of market share we are I know a percentage I'd like to be in a year 18, 24, 36 months and I really feel that people overlook the Marcus so for me, it's about getting it established right in the art, in our home market first, but uh, concurrently, we're building out the plans. And there's a lot of interesting markets, like skincare in Germany is growing massively exponentially, same with France, Belgium. So there's a lot of cohorts of place that you might look at. Most people tend to say to me, your brand will do really well in the States because it's so colourful and vibrant. But um, yeah, there's been a lot of work done into where the correct markets are. And then hopefully then you can write a plan for days or months or
0: years, as we have, it's the executionary element that we're in now. So yeah. looking forward to planning that out exciting it is exciting i'm excited to see myself and i'll be keeping an eye on everything and then i'll just wrap it up by asking one last question which i ask all of our guests which is if you had one golden piece of advice for another business owner entrepreneur something for them to take away someone who has the idea someone who is you know who's there in that space what would it be and my perspective is there's been a lot of words and
1: language around business plans, strategy, executionary plans. And for me, that's probably and like this is from my story. It started, you know, organically and it grew and it grew. And now we're at a point where we're saying, right, let's stop. Let's say not stop. Obviously we're trading, things are growing, but in terms of the you know, the scale at which we're growing, I'm like right, what you need clarity. You need to know what you're doing, why you're doing it and what your end goal is, whatever that is. So and what timeline you want that in. So that's a key thing I think, and what a business plan forces you to do is to put down. You have to learn your sector. You have to learn exactly where you want to place. You position yourself in your sector. I Think a plan is is almost disciplining you to understand your sector so much more. But the part that I think is key that people don't that I'm around or have been around of, prior to the last year and a half, is the executionary part is just as important as the plan. Because the plan's going to change, right? The sector changes. You don't know what's going to happen, but how you're going to do it is definitely the part that I don't think people speak about. They just, they just keep going. But um. I definitely have taken a lot of safety, comfort and yeah huge amount of comfort from just stopping going right this is our goal goal x in 20 years time I want to be a b c d but if I reverse engineer how am I going to do that and I know that that's going to change let's not lie but you have to have the execution plan not just the notions and the dreams and I think unfortunately with a lot of business seminars I attend it is just get up and go and start and you'll find a way and you will but you'll fall far more and far more times than you perhaps need to and surround yourself with the key people some of those mentors I spoke of I just message them and message them until they relentlessly said Jesus you must really want <laughs> And so what I really believe and you said it there yourself Ireland is a phenomenal village there's some amazing names alongside that you're going to be interviewing for this and I've reached out to so many of those have had coffees with those people have had phone calls with those people and just said can I ask you a question what way would you and I really believe there's a beautiful mentality out there where people actually truly want to help and the one advice I have for if you're going to go s- to somebody for help go to different sectors don't just listen and, and stay within your own cohort probably the most I've learned is from having many
0: towards outside of my sector fascinating that's really interesting it's wonderful to hear you say that because that's very much about kind of what we're about in the 100%. chamber it is bringing all different sectors and industries together because there's commonality everywhere you know and listening
1: to you before we started speaking about the education element and all the different services that you offer and that that in itself is crucial because especially now we're in a, are we in a digitalization space or non-digital are we in a hybrid what are we so all of the course that you spoke about i think are just they're fundamental and I really believe that as a leader in a business, yes, you have to surround yourself with the right people, but I'm constantly going on courses because I don't need to be an expert at it all, but I do believe I have a responsibility to know a lot about a lot. little sorry, a little about a yes. lot so that I can manage and lead and know and I think the course that you offer are phenomenal.
0: Oh, it's wonderful to hear. Right? I'm going to finish it there because that's, you know, I know I'm biased, but I think it's the perfect note. <laughs> I think it's the it perfect is. note. So that is it for this episode. Again, huge thanks to our sponsors, SSE Electricity, and to you for listening. But a massive thanks to Jen for taking time to come in. I've loved hearing the ingredient story. I did not know nearly as much as I thought I did. Uh, I'm excited to see where you go, and I wish your brand and your business and your team the very, very best if you enjoyed this conversation, please do like this episode and subscribe to the Dublin Business Collective to hear more conversations with incredible business owners and entrepreneurs. My name is Moira Fay. Thank you again for listening to the Dublin Business Collective and I will speak to you next time. Thank you.